I am so excited about this drink. Okay, so me too. <laughs> I want to try it right We now. have this drink sitting in front of us. And so pretty. It looks good. So what's it called? It is the Russian Bear. The Russian Bear. So I'm going to try not to break into a bad Russian accent in this podcast. Yes. <laughs> I've been actually watching uh, Glow on Netflix, uh-huh. and one of the characters plays a Russian, because it's Soviet-era kind of uh-huh. campy stuff, and she does this Russian accent. So I found myself thinking... In Russian? Yes. (laughs) While writing this episode. That's funny. So So, mine, I... um, Well, let me tell you about the cocktail. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Talk about our drink. So this is the Russian bear, as was already mentioned. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, welcome to Crime and Time on the Rocks. Oh, yeah. That's what we're called. Yes. We are called that. (laughs) So Russian bear is one ounce vodka, a half ounce of creme de cacao, which is a chocolate liqueur, Uh one and a half ounces of heavy cream or half and half. And a teaspoon of sugar. And it's shaken, strained into a chilled coupe glass. And it looks so pretty. We also extra prettied it up by shaving some milk chocolate on the top. And extra Russian it up by putting in a tiny bit of extra There's vodka. There's a half ounce of extra vodka. Because, you know, why not kill the bottle of the French vodka that we use to make yes, the Russian French drink? Yes, French vodka to make the Russian drink. Yeah. Makes sense. What a hat. Okay, can we try it now? Let's try it. Okay. okay. It's chocolate milk. Okay, yum. It's chocolate milk. It's chocolate milk. Oh my god, this is so good. Okay, this is Can not. Can we drink these all the time? This is not bad at all. I really, really like this. Okay, this is good. Okay, so if we're pausing a lot during this podcast, it's to drink our delicious drink, and then I think I want to get a spoon and eat the chocolate. I feel like I may drink another one of these. This is really good. Can we have more? We, we have, have more vodka. We have everything. Okay, we're to, we're doing it. All right. This is so we good. may pause this podcast mid recording to make another drink. However, with this much vodka, we'll get toasted, but that's okay. It's very appropriate for my topic anyway. So tell me. No, I get to listen to this first. This okay. Time. I am going to tell you, I literally took Russian bear. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I may already be toasted from that three sips of vodka. Oh my God, it's so good. I'm going to tell you about the death of Mikhail Lezin. Okay. I don't know how to say Russian names, but I'm going to say Lezin. Yeah. Anyway, I got this. All from a BuzzFeed news article uh, written by a group of investigative reporters. This is like a seven-part series, and I looked at parts five, six, and seven for this, and uh-huh. it was about this case. Okay. So the reason why this is literally the Russian bear is because when I was trying to decide what to do, I was like, what's bear in Russia? And so bear in Russia is Misha, which oh. Mikhail... The short form of Mikhail is Misha or Mishka, which is like little bear. Oh, cute. Yeah. So then I found this. On November 5th, 2015, so this is fairly recent, Mm -hmm. Mikhail Lezin's battered body was found in his Washington, D.C. hotel room. Well, that's not super cute. That's not super cute. But let me tell you about Mikhail Lezin. Okay. He was one of Russia's most powerful media moguls. Oh. He developed the media campaign that helped Boris Yeltsin get elected in 1996. He then later served as Yeltsin's press minister. Uh Uh-huh. He was also, after Vladimir Putin got elected, he was a senior presidential advisor to Putin. That's why he got murdered. Yes. Really? (laughs) We don't know that. (laughs) Oh, okay. During his rise to, to powerfulness, whatever, power... 
He formed the Russian news channel Russian Today. Uh, he did it to counter Western news networks like CNN and BBC. It was state-funded. It was state-ran. He was running it. Okay. Because Russia needs their own newscast, too. Uh, his career in government ended in 09 when Dmitry Medvedev became the president. He didn't have any contact or, like, any favor with Medvedev. I thought he was the guy when Putin was president. There, Putin was president for several terms. There was a gap. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'm not up on my world history. Yeah, so this was... history. This was a gap. Okay. After that, he pretty much just spent his fortune like he went cray cray so he bought a 40 million dollar yacht he traveled the world spending money he financed his son's films one of which was dirty grandpa starring robert de niro oh my goodness yes another one was starring brad pitt but i don't remember the name oh of that my one goodness so his son is an actual a guy yeah he did a bunch of other spending too uh-huh but in 2012... Because those movies probably made money, I think. I would think so, yeah. And they were financed by... Daddy. Yeah. Little Bear. So in 2012, Putin was re-elected, and Lezin returned to Russia. He took over another state-owned Where had media. he been before? Did he come to the United States? He was in the United States. He was everywhere. Oh, okay. He was everywhere. He took over the state-owned Gazprom Media, which was another state-owned media company. Uh-huh. And in 2014, for unknown reasons, he abruptly resigned from Gazprom. That sounds intriguing. Yeah. So the report is that he had a falling out with some of Putin's close confidants, but there's really no details as to why, and the person that specifically he had a falling out with is never named. Okay, so I joked about the reason he's dead, you know, because he's friends with Putin, and then... It could it actually out. be. <laughs> yes. Okay, if I die of radium poisoning, you know why. Uh, because you were making clocks in 1940s? No, because I was making fun of Putin. That's oh. how he kills people. Isn't it? Not in this case. Oh, okay. So there was a U.S. Senator, Roger Wicker, uh-huh. who actually demanded the to the U.S. Justice Department that they investigate Lezin because of his lavish spending spree in the U.S. and the time he spent in the U.S. That case actually was referred to the FBI. Okay. So at this point, Putin decided that he was a liability to Putin's regime and cut ties with him. Yeah. These two countries really, really, really don't trust each other. No. So at this point, Lezin was afraid that he might be killed... So he hit out in the Swiss, Swiss Alps, and this was during the summer of 2015. So okay. it's just a few months before his death. And just a couple of years ago. Just a few years ago. Whoa. Yeah. Three years ago. Wow. At this time, Lezen was in the Swiss Alps hiding just out. Just hanging out Because he was afraid Alps. for his life. I'm uh, trying to think what I was doing that summer. Probably this, but with no podcast recording. <laughs> Do we drink that much? <laughs> <laughs> Not. We don't drink like this. This is lavish. Yes. Typically, it's just beer. So he contacted the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI and decided that he would cooperate with their investigation of him. He was concerned about his son and daughter's safety, also as a daughter. Yeah. And he felt that he had no other options because Putin had cut ties with him. Yeah. So he was taken to D.C. or he went to D.C. 
and was put up in a DuPont Circle hotel by the Justice Department. Although some of the stories disagree on whether he paid for his own hotel or whether he was put up there, but to me it doesn't really matter. No. He was going to talk about the inner workings of Russia today and how the Russian propaganda machine ran which would have been like oh my god pretty insider info for the justice department to so hear. he's like state's evidence turning against them uh yeah gonna so, sell your like, shit out. let me tell you how this game is played and how we do things in russia oh my god he was totally assassinated mm-hmm. yeah that's crazy the official cause of his death was ruled to be an accident due to a series of drunken falls after days of excessive alcohol consumption. Um, nowhere before have you mentioned excessive alcohol consumption. Well, so apparently he did. He was a drinker. Okay. But my thing is, how do you become bludgeoned from accidents? Like you accidentally fall down a cliff. You accidentally after someone but pushes you, don't you. Accidentally fall down in a hotel room and get bludgeoned to death. <laughs> No, you stand up and you fall against the table, and then you stand up and you fall against the other table, then you stand up and you fall against the Russian thug's fist. <laughs> you know, you fall, as you do. You fall on a baseball bat. <laughs> so, Oh my gosh. Two FBI agents and a couple other important officials said that Lezen was definitely bludgeoned to death. Wow. The D.C. Metro Police Department, they released 58 pages of the case that they took on Lezen's death, uh-huh. which to me is if you rule it an accident, why are you writing 58, 58 pages? 58 pages. I happen to work in this industry, and I know that an accidental death is not 58 pages long. Right. A lot of the report was redacted, but the parts that have been released, has raised they've raised some questions. Well, just the whole fact that you are redacting an accident in a hotel room is question-raising. Right? Because if it's an accident in a hotel room, why can't you just tell people that? And like I said, being fifty-eight pages. being an insider in this industry, a 58-page police report that is deemed an accident is highly unusual. But those investigators don't want to piss off Putin because pretty soon they'll be falling against the Russian guy's fist and the Russian guy's baseball bat. I also don't want to piss off Putin. So. Right, me either. So Putin, just turn the podcast off. Just turn it off. Right turn now. it off right now. Click. Turn it off five minutes ago. Click. Uh, so a lot of, like I said, a lot of the report was redacted, but BuzzFeed had some questions. For one, it doesn't address Lezen's bl- blunt face, blunt force injuries. And the security camera footage from the hallway outside Lezen's room was defective, but it doesn't mention anywhere whether it was actually viewed or not. It wasn't defective. It was listed as defective. So that's what you say. The two agents that were sure that Lezen had been bludgeoned to death said that the next morning he was supposed to have a planned interview with the Department of Justice about the Russian media workings. And oh my god coincidentally had an quote-unquote accident and died that night. The night before. I just got some chocolate in my mouth from our drink, and it's so good. I know. I want to drink my drink, but I can't talk about my drink. Um, So this is what they found in his room. Two bottles of red wine, a six-pack of Guinness, and a bottle of Johnny Walker. They were both opened and opened, so I don't know which is which, but that's not an excessive amount. I mean, it's a lot for one person, but... His blood, but is he a big guy? His blood alcohol was like 0.15, which is high. But again, if he's a professional drinker, he should be able to totally. manage with that 
as somebody that works in law enforcement, I know that there's people that are a lot higher than that that manage to not bludgeon themselves accidentally. <laughs> I don't know how you bludgeon yourself accidentally. Yeah. Uh, one Stop hitting I- yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> I'm literally picking the chocolate out of the string with my fingernails. I can see you. I'm so good. One and a half days before he was found dead, a hotel security guard had spoken with him. There was a bruise below his left eye, but he didn't have any other visible injuries or didn't seem to be in pain at all. So he had bruises on his face prior to his fatal accident? One bruise on his face underneath his left eye. Okay. He was last seen. That was his warning shot. Yeah. He was last seen alive at 8.17 p.m. on November 4th, and he died the next day. During this time, a hotel security officer and another person who they don't name, and I have no idea who it is, entered his room and found him, quote-unquote, lying on the carpet face down and passed out. This is prior to his death? Yeah, the night before his death. Do you think that was made up? I don't think it was made up, but he was breathing, but they decided not to wake him up, and they left the room. Who was this that found him? A hotel security officer and, quote-unquote, another person. Oh, well. I don't know. I was just thinking, I can't imagine any person in the law enforcement industry finding a person face down on the floor, even if they're breathing and not... Okay, yeah, the chocolate's delicious. It's so good! Um, I licked it out with my finger. It was a hotel security guard, though, so we don't really know what What? type of professional. Because he may have tried to be protecting the hotel. Yes, and he also may be minimum wage... Yeah. We don't know. There also is reportedly a secret FBI report that says Lezen was beaten to death by hired thugs who was working for somebody close to Putin. And here's some further rumors. The thugs were instructed to beat him, but they went too far. Uh, The killers were Russian state security agents. And the sources close to the FBI say that Everyone thinks he was whacked and that Putin or the Kremlin were behind it. (laughs) I said that as soon as you started talking about it. Yes. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Every single person besides whoever wrote his death report say that he was killed. No, the guy who wrote his death report thought that too. He just didn't want to also die. Probably true. This drink is delicious. It's delicious. Like it's a dessert. It's so good. I want to design a dinner party around this drink. Does this make up for our last drink? Yes. It was so bad. It was so bad. Okay, now we're on. So, sorry, we had to pause. We did make another drink. It's so good. So, now we're made with American vodka. So, we will see if we can tell the difference between French and American vodka. This is a Tito's vodka. We ran out of Grey Goose. Oh, my God. Still heavenly. This is just so good. You guys have got to make this drink. Make it. Mm, So good. Okay. So Russian bear. I am a complete and total history nerd. And I have several time periods that I'm just mildly obsessed with. And one of those time periods is the Romanovs and the Bolshevik Revolution. And all of that. So you're going to tell me. I can tell you. Okay, I struggled and struggled and struggled with this because my daughters have um, the animated classic, cartoon classic, Anastasia. And we watched it when child number one was in first grade. And I'm like, this is the true story, kind of. And they're like, what? And so I ended up explaining the Bolshevik Revolution and Anastasia's return slash not return to my six six and four-year-old. And then they went, oh, okay. 
and just went on with their lives. But I also talked about it with my kids. I listened to a um, book on tape about the Romanoffs and their family life. And oh my gosh, I just love this time period. But I decided since the name of the cocktail was Russian Bear, that I would not tell you about beautiful Anastasia or gorgeous niece of Queen Victoria, Alexi, Alexis or her son who tragically had hemophilia, Alexi, I would tell you about the Russian bear of their lifetime, Rasputin. Rasputin. Yes. Okay. So I always thought Rasputin would be boring and stupid until I listened to the last podcast on the left series on it. <laughs> All right. So you're going to be super bored because so, to prepare for this podcast, I listened to the last podcast on the left. <laughs> but I want to hear more. Okay. Well, there is, I, I just, I, okay. You know how sometimes you listen to, or you watch a For forensic you. files? Yes. I listened to the last podcast. Yeah. Cause I told you it was freaking amazing. Oh my God. It was so good. It was so good. So I'm going to give you brief ish. Wait, 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 before we start this, everyone, I want you all to know that this person next to me sitting did not like last podcast on the left. And I had to force her to like it through Rasputin. Okay. I still don't know that I will like subscribe for everything, but I will definitely go and browse through their catalog and see what I will like, because this was really, really good. Yeah. You might they, not like the alien stuff, but they are amazing researchers. And I was just really, really impressed. They yes. used um, two books, one was Rasputin, the Untold Story, Joseph T. Furman, and Rasputin, Faith, Power, and the Twilight of the Romanoffs, Doug Smith. Other than that, my, my information comes from their podcast, plus just what I happen to know. And then I did listen to a quasi-fictional historical book on tape about the Romanoffs, and I just found myself inadvertently referencing that just because, you know, because I listened to it. But anyway, so this is so cool. Gregory Rasputin, who was also called the, his name in French, it actually means friend, but they also called him the Mad Monk. So he was born on January 21st, 1869. My handwriting in this is not super clear, and I'm going to do my best. And I tried to write down the Russian names phonetically, but you know, cocktail number two. So in 18, he was born January 21st, 1869 in Pork which pork. is a pork, but it's, I wrote it down, poke. Anyway, tiny little town in Siberia. His dad was named Ephraim. His dad was kind of, you know, blah. It's Siberian peasants. Dad liked to drink. He really loved his vodka. They say that they did not even have a last name. They were so poor, they didn't have a last name and that their name is refers to being too drunk or crossroads or muddy spot which was a dig at where they lived because they country they country yes they totally country so um lots of rumor rumors about their parents lots they really as after he gained all of his power they really really even to this day try to cut him down and take away his mystique because interestingly enough there are still people like touting his mystique so one of the stories that i'm going to tell you i looked up a picture of the woman and mixed in with the pictures of the woman were was a picture of 
Vladimir Putin and then a picture of Rasputin on either side of him. And there's some crazy theory that he's the same guy. That Rasputin mm. is still alive and he is Vladimir Putin. I don't buy that. I don't either. I mean, the pictures look a lot alike. But, I do want to you know, know more about how he helped alleviate Alexei's symptoms. Oh my gosh, there's crazy theories about that, but nobody knows. But so anyway, Siberia, desolate, desolate, crazy cold place, blah, blah, blah. Um, his family's into agriculture. They, Siberia was where they sent people like England's Australia was Russian Siberia. And most of the people that were in Siberia were sent there during the early part of, during the 19th century. And Rasputin's family had already been there. So they're, they're not just country, they're Po. They've been there a while. So the people of that area are typically deeply religious. They were Eastern Christian Orthodox, which was, you know, the sect that broke off from the church, the church. Historically speaking, not, you know, any judgment. Um, he was born on winter night. There was a, a legend that there was a comet shooting through the sky at the time of his birth, which was a sign that he was destined to be a great man. But there's all kinds of crazy myths and things about him all the time. This is sad. He was one of only, he was one of eight children, and he was the only one that made it to adulthood. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And this is not, this is not, you know, 1650. It's 1869. Right. So I always imagine Rasputin to be living in like 1650. Yes. And um, I did too. And when I listened to this and some of the things that he said and some of the things that happened to him, I'm like, wait a minute, that sounds really, really modern. And then it would bring me back. Oh no, this is happening in like 1915. Right. Yeah. Which is insane. So um, he was a weird kid. He thought that shadows were filled with ghosts that were out to get him. He, as a child, would never steal because he would tell people that he could see thieves and he could even see what they stole. So he thought everybody could see thieves. And so he didn't want to steal because he thought that he people would, would be, be able to see out. him. Yes. That changed. <laughs> um, he wet the bed as a kid. He was not super clean. He was not... A popular kid not a lot of people liked him you know as you can imagine he was deeply religious at eight years old he and his cousin were playing in the river and they both fell in and remember this is Siberia it's cold his cousin died and he lived so he thought that he was you know special this made him even more faithful and he at this point started mentally communicating with horses all right you know, as you do after you fall in a river and almost die. At 12, he had a very horrible fever and he hears men talking in his dad's house about a horse being stolen and a horse thief. He gets up out of his bed in the middle of being sick, walks into the room, points at a guy and says, he did it. So dad was like, oh my gosh, ignore my son, blah, blah, blah. The rest of the guys, they went home. They went to check out the guy because why wouldn't you? You know, a horse theft is a pretty big deal. It's a huge deal. In the 1870s. It's like a car theft. Yeah. Especially in an agricultural society. And this happened to be the only horse that this man owned. So they go check it out. And sure enough, 
the guy that he said did it. Did there it. was the horse. So there's all kinds of things like that that's a little freaky. So he's getting a little older. He's starting to drink like daddy. They started calling him sniveled or snot nose. And what little respect he had in town, he kind of lost. So he, <laughs> at one point he had to serve two days in jail for being rude. <laughs> <laughs> He is, he was very fidgety. He would shuffle his feet. He was herky-jerky. He was kind of a, you know, funky, weird kid. He, at this time, a lot of people were still, especially from, you know, Siberia, where they're Eastern Orthodox and very religious. It was just small town stuff. Probably typical small town everywhere. Sorry, I had to take another drink of that delicious drink. They would make a lot of pilgrimages to religious sites. And that's, there's no television. So what you gonna do? So at 17, he says, I want to make this trip alone. I want to go do this by myself. So he does. As he's going, he meets, here we go with the names again, sorry, Praskova Dubrina at the Feast of the Assumption of the Virgin. He's 20. She's 20. He's 17. She's 20. They fall in love. They get married. They start having babies. And just like his still infant mortality rate, three of them die. Four, five, and six live. Number seven dies. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah, so out of what? Seven. seven. Three out of seven. Three out of seven live. But it's, it's the 1880s. That's almost half, though. That's way better than his parents did. But it's the 1880s. It just seems crazy to me. Because there was, you know, just poor, cold, sad. So he's... He's a family man now, but he's still kind of a drunk idiot. So he's he'll get drunk and he'll just run around and yell at people about God. Obviously, he's got a little bit of a hard time having, you know, finding money because he's stinky and gross and weird. Pe- weird. Um, he doesn't comb his hair. Now, there's rumors that he doesn't comb his hair because he has this disfiguration on his forehead of a little, like a bump. Some there's rumors that it was a devil horn, but what actually happened is he tried to steal a horse. The guy caught him stealing the horse, beat him with a stick, and he beat him so badly that it created this bump on his skull. So he does steal. He eventually he becomes a thief. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I that. So my question here when I heard about this was, okay, he's crazy and. I mean, he's already kind of weird, but he's more weird later on. And he's been beaten across the front part of his head with a stick when he was an early young adult. Mm-hmm. Frontal lobe damage. Yep. So, anyway, so they, later on, he, the same guy who beat him up, has a couple of horses missing. And who do they look at? Oh, good old Rasputin. So he's like, no, I didn't do it, blah, blah, blah. So he says, just to prove I didn't do it, I'm going to go on a pilgrimage. He goes to, he decides to go to St. Nicholas. How does that prove anything? I forgot he's weird. He's weird. They had more evidence against the other guys. They didn't have a lot of evidence against him. I think he probably just wanted to go on a trip away from his wife and kids. To prove I didn't do (laughs) something horrible, I'm going to go on a trip. That's a theme. That's a running theme. So he decides to go on this pilgrimage. He is going to go to St. Nicholas. It is a monastery. It is 320 miles away. And he's going to walk. This is dangerous. Not a great trip. In 1897 in the spring. So he's, you know, 30s now. He gets called a 
Strachy? Strachy? Which is a holy wanderer. He is going to St. Nicholas, which is quite a ways from where he's at. I can't pronounce it, but from where he's at. But instead of going on the roads, he decides he's just going to walk straight there. Like, as the crow flies. Um, I feel like that sounds like a good idea until you do it. No, no, it's not a good idea. Because he has to go through, like, mountains and stuff. Exactly. And people's property. But he's he's going to do this. So he is going along this way. And the entire time that he's going, he's praying, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. Over and over and over again, he's just saying this. He doesn't take any money. He doesn't take any food. He doesn't take any supplies. He just begs along the way and he goes. So he gets to where he's going and he meets Brother McElroy, who is a penitent monk. And this guy would, he, he was one of those guys that wanted to like prove his love of Christ by hurting himself so he wore chains and he felt that the discomfort made him closer to God. He felt that he was a mystic and he could speak directly to God. So Rasputin's like, oh yeah, you're my guy. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, he goes back and by this time he's already not a great looking dude, but now he leaves his hair disheveled and sin among sins in 1897 He's not wearing a hat. Oh, no. You have to wear a hat. <laughs> you have to wear a hat. I have been amazed in the different podcasts and things that I've listened to about the big deal of not wearing a hat. I didn't know that was a thing until I started listening to all these like historical... <laughs> I tried to explain to my students one day about the big deal of not wearing a hat. And they just don't understand why ladies are allowed to wear hats and men are not allowed to wear hats. So I looked up and showed them hat pins and then of course had to tell them stories about hat pin injuries but anyway so crazy old Rasputin not wearing a hat he would make faces and swing his arms and sing oddly in church <laughs> he sounds like some of the people you see in downtown that you walk across the other street to get away from right but this is, you know, he's just, a, he's a father and a husband. So pretty soon he's not really welcome in church. So he decides he's going to start his own meetings. So he goes down to his daddy's root cellar and he's just got a few followers and he starts holding these church meetings. He keeps these church meetings secret, which, you know, secrets gonna lead to rumors so at this time, there was a lot of different little Christian offshoots from the different churches. And one of the offshoots from the Orthodox Church was called the Kleisties. The Kleisties had some crazy um, things that they did. They had whips, they wore white robes, and they would stand around and underground. They always had their meetings underground. They would sing weird songs and spin around until they got very very dizzy and then they would fall down that was me in first grade <laughs> well these are until i don't think you did this in first grade after they fell down they would take off their white robes and just start fornicating all no. over the floor with up whomever. until that point though that was me in first grade <laughs> the point of all this fornicating was to get the sin out because sex in itself 
kind of like the Quakers that were going on in America, sex in itself was a sin. And so the way to get rid of the sin was to do the sin. Okay, I mean, logical. Okay, not quite sure how that works, but he later on convinces his wife of this same thing. So they accused him of being Cleasty, not necessarily any proof that he actually was a Cleasty, but when you hold anything in secret, that's what's going to happen. It, it comes up later. So he's very religious. He's doing his own thing. He's got his own thing going on. Um, the podcast kept comparing him to Jim Jones, you know. Which is another great series. Go drink by. the Kool-Aid. Okay, I'm going to have to listen to that You one. have to. It's way beyond what you would ever I remember watching that movie in the 70s when I was a kid and watching the acting obviously of all the people going up and this drinking is the better Kool-Aid. go like this is a total aside from your story but last pod- podcast Allows on the left drink. goes into his very early years all Jim the Jones way- yes yeah you ha- that's your next one okay I need to go do that I need and to go read not the f- that he, they did that very early on in like some of the very early episodes, but they uh-huh. redid it because they realized that they didn't treat it as well as they could uh-huh. have. So this is like from 2018 or 2017. Oh my gosh. These guys go into such detail. It's absolutely amazing. This sounds like a first part, fourth. We don't even know them. We just listen to them. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's not a, not a plug. Um, so he's hanging out working in his field one day and he gets a vision. He sees Mary... The Mary. The Mary. Hovering in the sky. And she doesn't talk to him. She just points. At a burning bush? No, she points to the horizon. Just the random horizon. Go west, young man. Yeah, that's what they tell him to do. So he decides that he needs to go to Mount Athos in Greece. That is what Mary was telling him. It's 3,000 fucking miles away. And he's walking, I'm getting Yes, he's walking. He's going to walk. So he, it's 1900, and he leaves. He walks the entire way. He does not change his underwear, nor does he ever touch his body in any way. He actually chains his hands down at night when he's sleeping, so he will not accidentally touch his body. Now, okay, you may be thinking, okay, that's fine, whatever, but typically you need to touch your body to wash it. So he doesn't change his underwear. Or wash. Or wash for 3,000 miles. I mean, that's even pretty raunchy when you're on a plane going 3,000 miles. He's disgusting. Versus. Well, not only does he just walk to Greece, on his way to Greece, if he comes across a swamp, he might just stand there. With his Why? arms outstretched for days at a time. Why? Letting the gross, disgusting water and the bugs and the nasty swamp like creatures and just crawl on him. Because, you know, that's going to make him closer to God. I don't know. That sounds wackadoo. That's wackadoo. To me, frontal lobe damage. Not to say anything against people with frontal lobe damage, but I am saying against things against people who just go stand in a swamp for fun. It's Naked. Disgusting. And not itch their bugs. So he gets there. And then he doesn't like what he sees because most of the monks are openly homosexuals. So he <laughs> just leaves. He just gets there and he leaves. I'm out. <laughs> Don't like it. I'm out. He stays in the town, but he doesn't stay at the monastery. So the time that he was gone from his wife and children at this point was two years. 
But while he's there, he's starting to get his thing going. He's he's going to start get his his con. Still is getting his groove on. His his power, his whatever he's doing. So he's um his wife is just like yeah okay this is what he's doing, and oh we talked earlier about how the Cleesties would have sex because they said that sex was a sin and they needed to get it out. So this is Rasputin's kind of a horny dog. There's rumors that he had a 15-inch penis and that it is in a museum in a jar of formaldehyde, like Einstein's brain. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look up any pictures of that. But So he's a big old horn dog, and he tells cheats on his wife all the time. And he explains to his wife, who she buys the story, that being overly sexual is his cross to bear. Everyone has the sins that they just cannot seem to overcome, and that is his. It sounds like something Warren Jeffs would say while he was, like, raping his 14-year-old Right? I must rape 14-year-old girls. It's just my cross to bear. But the wife buys it. She's just like, okay, dear. Maybe she wanted to buy it, though. Like, maybe she was just like, okay, yeah. Probs. All right. By the time he really gets going, I mean, he's he's bringing in some money. So not to say anything against poor old Mrs. Rathbutin, but you're a poor folk living in a tiny little town, and you've got the biggest house. Mm. Maybe she was good. Maybe. Mm. She's like, go do your traveling. Later on, there is an actual story where she is giving a tour of her house to friends and family of her beautiful, beautiful home, and Rasputin happened to be home, and he's screwing some chick in the bedroom, and she opens the door, and she's like, oh, hi, honey, and he says, I just can't stop, so she closes the door and just keeps going with the tour, because, oh my god, that's what she do. She's like, let's move on to the next room. I just, I, I was just saying I really out. want you to see the parlor. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind my husband having sex with that whore. Let's go. I got on. a new city in the parlor. Anyway, so yeah, so he's just going off. He's um. You know what? I want to have a house that has a parlor someday. Do you? Yeah. Do you? I feel like that's Why? when. You're, that's what are we gonna do with the parlor? That's when you've. Arrived. That's when you're rich. Okay. When you have a parlor. You have a parlor. I have things for when you're rich, but I can't think of them right now because I'm thinking about the chocolate that I'm gonna drink right now. Oh, sugar. You got the sugar. Oh. Sugar, talk while I drink, because that's bad. This drink is amazing, but you can't have the very, very, very last sip, because it's all sugar. Or just drink it faster so the sugar doesn't settle. Okay, so he's a peasant. He's just hanging out with these peasant ideas. And these, so this is so, um, this is very rich people. (laughs) Because he's just this crazy peasant. Now, keep in mind, this is like 1900, 1901, blah, blah. So he's this crazy peasant, and he's becoming accepted by these rich people in their echelon, but he's just being himself. They're like, they're all not really making fun of him, but they're just kind of like, oh, look, he doesn't know any better. He just, he's, he's like saying, the nouveau riche. Yes, he's just, he, oh, isn't that funny? He says all these crazy things. So he's like lapping this up, and he's calling people names. He's saying just the craziest shit. You know what I love to see is a Rasputin Downton Abbey crossover. Oh my god. Because <laughs> it's about the same time It's almost the same time. So he's just saying these crazy things. He's calling women hot stuff and sexy girl. And he's and commenting on their melons. This is where I was like, wait a minute, that sounds really modern. But oh yeah, this is like 1902. 
he's calling men fancy pants or big breeches. Hey, big breeches. <laughs> Some guys, he can't even think of anything, so he just calls them fella. <laughs> <laughs> they are just like, oh my God, isn't well, he funny? Okay. Imagine that, but imagine it also in a Russian accent, because I imagine he's speaking English, because that's like how everything works in my world. So he's like... Well, not all that, but that is how the that's how the royal family communicated. Big bleachers. <laughs> <laughs> Just some stinky peasant guy with crazy hair saying, Big bleachers, come here. <laughs> hey, fella. <laughs> I can't do a Russian accent. Can I play with your melons? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, so he's getting like accepted into this upper echelon society. Partly because he's just so novel and exciting. Because these people have been rich for so long, they don't know what real life really is. So they think of him as like real life. And, but he's also a really good listener. And he just lets people talk to him and confide in him. And then he gives like homespun folky advice. And they're like eating up Phil. like crazy. Yeah, kind of. Because that dog put, don't hunt. You don't put the cart before the horse. <laughs> <laughs> or my favorite... If you want to, no wait, if you want to pick a horse, you got to look at its track record. (laughs) Well, that's kind of appropriate for Rasputin because he's sort of a horse expert. So he's just climbing up the social ranks, right? He meets this guy in the church named Gorel. And he told Gorel, you need to look out, dude. Father Philip, he going to try and kill you. And Gorel's like, yeah, Yeah, right. Two days later, Philip tries to stab him, right? So coincidence, probably, maybe, who knows? Because you have to think also, like, they, he, was he a mystic? Could he tell the future? Was he just or a really smart guy? was he just guy? a really good observer? Yes, who paid attention to stuff. I mean, you look at those shows like, like Psych, Psych Sean Spencer. Yeah, or the one that they got ripped off from whatever that other one was. I didn't even watch it because I watched it. Doesn't Psych. matter. Psych's yeah. the best. Psych's the best. And or then monk. also, or Monk. Monk. Yeah, just a really good observer. Or also just the fact that he's a good guesser and you don't hear about the wrong things. You just hear about the right things, right? You're not, if you have yeah, three like out of five times when you're right, yeah, you're not going to tell the or wrong like things. Or like how they do all those things with the Simpsons. The Simpsons predicted this or the Simpsons predicted yeah. that. It's like, no, they... Predicted fifteen hundred things and twelve, 12 of them, them came are right. True. Twelve exactly. Bam. 12. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's like he's just doing this thing. So he also and this I thought was interesting. This is rich people in this city, uh, Kazan, in the early nineteen hundreds. We're just getting to the point where there's a lot of modern conveniences and these are rich people so they have poor people to do the things that they don't want to do anyway you're probably going to have a lot of bored housewives oh yeah and rasputin could cure your depression with just or malaise with just a 30 minute conversation well no shit sherlock you're bored you got some dude paying attention to you for 30 whole minutes which your husband doesn't do of course you're going to be happy about it right 30 minutes is a start. Yes, but he's being touted as like this this wonder drug and this cure-all because he is so brilliant. He can change your so entire life with 30 minutes. he basically is like a girl's gay best friend at that point. Like yes. He goes and listens to her for 30 whole minutes. Or a con man because they're probably paying him. Probably so. So he becomes friends with this monk, Sergei, 
and we'll hear more about this other guy, Eliodore, later on. Oh, yes. That's a friend of his. So he's climbing the social ladder still. He gets in with the local bishop, and he starts talking to the religious leaders, and they say, oh my goodness, Rasputin, we need to send you to St. Petersburg, which is the capital. And coincidentally, the home of the imperial family. So he goes, it's, this is five years from when he's, from his very first pilgrimage to now. So he's, it's like meteoric rise. It gets crazy. He makes other predictions about other bishops. He, three of these predictions were, he told this one bishop, your mom's going to die. Another bishop's going to have an illegitimate kid and another bishop's going to have a hernia. Well, all three of those came true, but were those just the three, again, the three Well, did he name the bishops or did he just say X, Y, and Z is going to happen to people? It didn't say. It didn't say. I'd be curious about that. Because if he was just like, someone's going to have a hernia. Right, right, exactly. Because of course you would. It's confirmation bias. It's 1902 or whatever. Um, So he's still new here. He meets the... um, he meets important people and they start to just bring him up within the church. He meets a guy who was the inspector of the theological academy and confessor for the czar and czarina. He is, he is their representative. And so he's trying to use him to impress the aristocrats. And he does this. He's not thinking of a long-term plan. He just wants to keep playing in this pond. This is a fun pond and he just wants to keep playing in this pond. So he's hanging out with these people, and this is around the time where there was the worldwide spiritualist movement. Oh, I love this. Yes. So remember, there's the girls who would, like, crack their toes, and they were talking to ghosts, and blah, blah, blah. And Harry Houdini really kind of put a quash on this in the United States because he proved it to be a hoax with his different things. But Before he was murdered. Before. By a guy hitting him in the stomach. I know, but... But anyway, so he's, um, but it's all over the world. And so even though it gets kind of quashed in the U.S., it's still crazy all over the world. So the, there's a couple of sisters, the, their grand duchesses of Malizia. No, it's of Mont, their grand duchess of Montenegro. And it's Malizia and Anastasia. And their sisters, they're really into Rasputin. They just think he is the shit. And they had all kinds of nicknames for him, for them. They called them the Black Pearls or the um, Crow Sisters. And they're really, really into them. And they're also into using him to social climb and get further along in the aristocrats. They're groupies. They're groupies. But they're not just groupies. They want to, they want to use his spiritualism and his mystique to help themselves get further along in Courtney this, Love. this yeah this little like tiny little club of rich people who sit around and do nothing all day so he's still pretending to be just a dumb stupid peasant dar, 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 dar. and um people are making fun of him they're a little bit scared of him and but he's still getting getting to be known so the crow sisters introduce him to this quaint little couple nicholas and alexandra and Nicholas and Alexandra happened to be the Tsar and Tsarina of Russia at the time. I mean, that's a pretty good get. It's a pretty good get. But now this couple, oh my gosh, this couple. They're so, so this is where I come from my, from my book that I listened to. This couple was just adorable. She was 
super young. She was not even supposed to marry him. She was supposed to marry some other guy. She happened to see him, and they both just like instant attraction fell in they love. They were like, "Do yes. you like pina coladas?" <laughs> they were totally like that. They had to have each other. She is the niece of Queen Victoria, and he is the czar apparent of Russia. So they they finally are allowed to be together, and they end up um, so. Queen Victoria has all these, this family, because she had like a thousand and one children, and all of these nieces and nephews and all these people all over the world, and there's one section of her family that went to Germany, and there's one section of her family, Alexandra, that went to Russia, and Alexandra and Nicholas get married, and they just want to be a normal family, like they just raise their children. Normally they have five children, four girls and a boy. Eventually, we'll get more on that later. I just totally spoil alerted you, sorry. I mean, I've heard this story before. Well, yes, so. and I'm, I'm hoping that most people know that there actually was a boy, but I had this whole like dramatic buildup, so. We, we know there's a boy. Yeah. I've watched the Unsolved Mysteries story. Where... And have you seen the pretty cartoon? No. We are going to watch that because it's really cute. Anyway, so they, they raise their children simply. They just want to be a young couple in love. But they have all this fucking responsibility. You know, running a country and shit. Like, what is, what's their faces? Kate and Frenchie or whatever. White people Brittany. problems. Brittany. Brittany. <laughs> Brittany. No. Brittany. Harry. Like, Brittany was a, like a little island, isn't it? Prince Harry, right? Yeah. So anyway... Zarina and Nicholas are not really, Alexander and Nicholas are not really prepared to be the Tsar and Tsarina. He's not very good at things. At one point, there's a peaceful demonstration, and he's, he's an autocrat. And at that point, they, you know, he was appointed by God to be the ruler of Russia. But he gets frustrated at one point, and he orders his soldiers just to start shooting at people oh, in no. this peaceful demonstration. So because of this peaceful demonstration where he just starts shooting people um they have a mini revolution in russia and he now is a russia is now a constitutional monarchy and they have a legislature which is called if i can find it the diet yes because you already know the doma doma Doma. okay doma so it's they have now russian people have a civil i did liberties. get a c in western civ part three because i didn't like the teacher and she was all about russia so there was something that I was going to say about California history in another podcast that I failed in Magliari's yeah. class. No, so my rush, my Western Civ, was there three parts or two parts to it? I don't know, it was Professor Bryant. I had Professor Bryant for the first part. I don't remember taking this because I don't remember learning anything about this Well, okay, in, so in there must have been two school. parts. Part two was... I learned about the Protestant Reformation and the Renaissance. Which I love. Part two was Dr. Kate Tranchell. And she was all about Russia. She's like an expert on Russia. She's written oh, books. Cool. You can look her up. Somehow we didn't like each other or vice versa. <laughs> she didn't like me or I didn't like her. I don't remember. It was the 90s. Yeah. But I got my worst grade ever in that class. I got oh. like a C minus. I had a professor who I was taking World War II from tell me that um, a lot of girls have trouble becoming historians and maybe I should look into a different major. Which one? He was some German guy oh, okay, with red hair, of, really I'm young. Like not Livingston, right? I don't know. He was really young, and he had some weird red beard. Oh, BTW. We went to the same college. Yeah, we did. Years of a couple of years apart, not yeah. a lot of years apart, but anyway. So, get back on the road. 
not that I can see where I'm at. So anyway, he is still living in this world of I'm in charge, I'm an autocrat, I'm put here by God, but the rest of the world is living in a world of you're ornamental and the government is run by the Duma or Doma or however you pronounce it. They, the people, did not like his beautiful bride. She was Aww. German. She did not speak Russian. She and Nicholas, who loved each other so much. Hi, Fabergé eggs. He was the one who started all that and commissioned them for her. Anyway, so they speak English together because she doesn't speak German and she doesn't speak Russian. So they speak English to one another. And they try to raise their girls and their, their children just like normal and plain. And that's another problem. She keeps having girls. Yeah. Russia was very entrenched in this idea that in order to be a ruler, you had to have a penis. And so they actually had it a law that you had to have a male to inherit the crown or it would go to the next male heir. I think it's interesting that there's all this like importance placed on the that particular chromosome at the moment I'm too inebriated to remember if it's the X or the Y, but the one that gives you a penis and the arguably three greatest queens of England Three greatest monarchs of England have all been queens. I was going to say, the right? three, three greatest queens were all female. <laughs> yeah, even the bad ones. <laughs> all the queens in England have been female. Oh my God. I've had two children. Don't make me laugh. I will pee. So they, boys can't rule, need boys. She only has, boys can only rule, need boys. She only boys has girls. Boys rule, girls rule. That's kind of the way they were thinking. So here comes this mystic person so prior to meeting rasputin Zarina alexandra was already mixed up with this crazy mystic guy who was like oh my goodness Zarina, you have four daughters i can make you have a boy i can't choose the sex of your next baby so he decide he does this but he gets kind of pushed out according to the podcast i had not heard this so i was fascinated by this story he had this whole thing where he made hats that would make you invisible and you could put on this hat and become invisible but the problem is oh no he's jewish and so people don't like that and he gets pushed out and alexander is forced to say goodbye to her spiritual advisor his name was um philippa and his invisible making hats but before he leaves her he says you're going to have another friend like me Ooh. so he plants the little seed in her brain so then on top of you're going to have another friend like me on july 30th 1904 she has the boy she has the amazing boy and they name him alexi and he's this gorgeous little child but they soon find out that he has the dread disease hemophilia which is your blood doesn't clot I never even thought about this until I listened to the book on tape about the Romanovs. The dangerous part of having hemophilia is not that you get a massive clot cut and bleed to death. If you run into the fucking dresser and you get a bruise on your thigh, you are not going to stop bleeding internally. And so this poor little baby, because he's a kid, is has they even put like they put like sailors on him to carry him everywhere and to take him places. Like boy in the bubble. Yes, he nearly died once from a carriage ride because it was just bumpy and he got bruises and it would just bleed and bleed and bleed until his whole like they would describe times in the book about like his entire leg becoming ulcerated with all of this blood 
that is just stuck in his leg and they can't bloodlet him which they still did because he would not stop bleeding which makes me wonder even more how rasputin alleviated these symptoms there are theories but at the same time i think okay you know anyway so he's um got all this bad bleeding and stuff so alexia alexandra blamed herself for alexi's problems it was her fault genetically but you know your genetics are your freaking genetics you can't control them and but she thinks that it's because she's not close enough to god so she feels that she needs help and she needs someone to help her bring her closer to god so in walk the crow sisters with their old buddy raspy on November 1st, 1905, Rasputin is supposed to go to tea with the Tsar and Tsarina of Russia. It is supposed to be a tea. It lasts for three hours. That's a good tea. Yes. And then pretty soon he's just, oh, you're the guy. But he charmed them the same way. He called them Batuska and Matuska. This is the king and friggin' queen of Russia. And he's calling them little mother and little father. Maybe they thought that was refreshing, though. Yes, and they did. They thought it was very refreshing. He also used the informal form of you, which, you know, whatever that means, we're Americans. Which and we I only use know that. that in Spanish. So they said two instead, instead of, of eres. Oh, what's vu then? French? That's French. Okay. So they just think he's so charming and blah, blah, blah. And he, they're, they just, you know, he's just awesome. He was, Nicholas asked him an advisor, one of his advisors, what he thought about the meeting afterwards. And the advisor said, he's just bad news. He's just bad. He's bad. He's bad. He's bad. But Nicholas, being such a sweet husband, he asked his wife what he thought of the meeting. And the wife was like, I like him. So Nick liked him. Um, that is one thing that Nicholas is faulted for in many different instances is he listens to his wife and not his trusted advisors. So why have an advisor when you have your wife? Right. Good idea for a husband in the Bronx. Maybe not a good idea for the leader of the largest country in the entire world at that point. You know, he they start calling him Gregory and our friend. And pretty soon he's just in um july june 19th 1907 poor baby alexi has a bruise and it hurts alex calls rasputin to come help and rasputin comes in and he's he looks at the boy he prays for the boy the boy is okay but here's the problem with that is they nobody knew that this child had hemophilia because everything is so precarious and everything is so like closely guarded and so dangerous they felt that if the world knew that alexi had hemophilia that they would lose faith in them and overthrow them so they felt that they needed to keep this secret in order to keep their position but now they find this guy who is able to fix his he's like the alexi whisperer he's like the alexi whisperer at one point he even fixes the child with a telegram the telegram says, and, and this will come into play later, so it says, so he's off on vacation, not really vacation, he was sent away, but anyway, he's off at home, and he he gets this frantic telegram. Alexi, this was the one where he almost died in the carriage. Alexi's bad, what do we do? And he sends back this telegram that says, the boy will be just fine. 
just so long as you don't let the doctors bother him too much. And the next day, the boy's fine. Like, he would do this, and in an hour, the kid would be okay. It was just crazy. Too many times to be coincidental. Too many times to be fluke. Like, his other things could have been, you know, you say a guy's going to get a hernia, and lo and behold, a guy gets hernia. No, this was, there was a direct correlation between Rasputin showing up and Alexi being okay. That's the part that I question, like, how? It's weird. We don't know how. We literally, in 2018, do not know how. But there's ideas. So one of the ideas is that there's a lady in waiting to Alexi who would be giving Alexi drugs to make him bleed and then stop giving them to him right before Rasputin shows up so he'll get better. Well, what drug is that? And... Why would you do that to a child? Right. And the kid already has hemophilia. Like, that's that's proven. Second theory is that Rasputin would use hypnosis to help the child calm down and constrict his blood vessels. But how does he do that over Telegram? You know, you can't. Another theory is that it was a coincidence. Mm, I don't buy that. No, it happened a lot. There's too many. Too too many, yeah. Another one that's talked about a lot is aspirin. This is the early, early 1900s. Aspirin was a fairly new drug. And as we know now, because you take it so you don't, you know, as a blood thinner to help a heart attack and all different other things, I credit child number one and child number two being here because of aspirin. Because it's a blood thinner. Right, which doesn't make sense to take for a hemophiliac. But they didn't know that at the time. All they knew is that it's a painkiller. So this poor little baby's in pain. The doctors give him aspirin Aspirin, to help him not be in pain, which makes him bleed more. So telegram, as long as the doctors don't bother him too much. Basically, don't give him the aspirin. Right. So the theory is um, Rasputin would come in and tell the doctors to stop give him, stop giving him aspirin. And then there's this crazy other theory that just gets into all of this crazy magical farm stuff, but there's some crazy magical farm stuff that works. Like the whole witching stick where you point a Y-shaped stick at the ground and it shows you where the water is. How does that work? Right? It has to be a willow though. Right? Yes, yes. Has to be a willow stick. But so this crazy magical farm shit is that there's these certain guys that were like horse whisperers and horse people. And if you got a horse that got an injury, a hit, a cut, whatever, you could call these guys and they would come over and they would massage the wound and say some words and then your horse would be okay. So I just saw an Unsolved Mysteries about that. Like last oh, Really? Night. Yes, and it's one of the, like, latter episodes with Robert Stack. Uh-huh. And this woman was able to diagnose this horse. He had, like, part of a bit in his upper jaw, and he was in such pain. <gasps> Poor baby. Yeah, and they, she was like, you have to give him an x-ray. It's, like, up here in his upper jaw, or I can't remember where, but it was somewhere like that. And they found it, did surgery on him, and he was better. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So there's all kinds of stories about these horse people coming in and doing these crazy things. So there was thinking that potentially, since Rasputin was a horse guy, maybe he's doing this to a person. He's the Alexi Whisperer. He's the Alexi Whisperer. So he, I mean, there's even a story about a guy who was hit by another guy with an axe. A fucking axe. They called the horse whisperer guy, not Rasputin, another horse whisperer guy, comes in, says his little magic words, massages the wound, 
and the man's fine and lives. Now, maybe he would have lived on his own, but maybe this horse whisperer magic, I don't know. So he's been in, he's been hanging out in St. Petersburg for a while. He's got this, he's got a reputation. The whole rumor about the 15-inch penis and blah, blah, blah may have been true, not true. I don't know, but he liked to have sex a lot. That was that was pretty well known. Alexei's illness is a complete secret. Nobody knows why this guy's hanging around. Because there's a guy hanging around the royal family who has this reputation as being a man Yeah, whore. so they don't understand why. Right, why are the royal family, who who are pious and good people, keeping this crazy man whore who's screwing everything that moves around? They talked about the whole Christie thing again. There's all kinds of gossip, all kinds of articles. They have articles in the Moscow Gazette, and they they claim that he's got some harem of women. And so by this point, Rasputin is starting to kind of believe his own press. And he's thinking he can do no wrong. He's starting to get a little bit obnoxious. He starts just like having conversations with people about horses' sex life and saying dirty things and groping people and just doing really bad, disgusting, disgusting things. Why are they keeping him? But then there's another story about this woman who Olga Loktri who has stomach problems and Rasputin was rumored to have cured her stomach problems. She's like 40. And then once he cures her stomach problems, she just follows him everywhere. I mean, if you've ever had stomach problems, I could see. Yes, yes. That would be your guru. And this is one of the stories that just made me like, it brought me back to the fact that this was happening in like 1910. Because he, okay, so she... She was always around him. She's at his apartment. There's this whole story where they were found one one day where there's like yelling coming from his apartment. So these people come in, break, you know, break down the door and, and figure out what's to follow the source of the yelling. And she is yelling and screaming, holding him by the penis, saying, You are Christ, I am your you. And he says, You are a skunk who demands sin. And then they pull him off of him. Um, all kinds of women and were accusing him of all sorts of things. And Alexia or Alexandra, Alexandra is just saying, nope, nope, nope. Love him. Won't listen. Not my Rasputin. Well, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not a mother. You are. But if you had a child that had some major health problems and that person was alleviating it. That person can do whatever the hell they want on their own time. Exactly. You take care of my baby. Like, yeah. exactly. 100%. They... They just, they believed him all the time. Like he, he was, there was another point where he actually, um, he gets sort of not tricked, but he just doesn't care. So he gets into this position where he's, he's partying with this ballerina and he's partying with her and they're hanging out in his apartment and they're drinking and blah, blah. And he gets so drunk. And then pretty soon, 12 other ballerinas show up and they're all naked and they get him naked and they're all playing and then this reporter shows up and he starts taking pictures and they take all the pictures and they say Rasputin you need to leave the royal family alone or we're gonna take these pictures and we're gonna show them to Nick and Rasputin goes okay he takes the pictures and he goes and shows them to Nick <laughs> I mean like well that's ballsy played. yeah well played, you're like sir. oh my goodness your highness I'm a sinner 
here's what I have done. Here you go. But also I fix your kid. Right. I fix your kid. So he and Nick was very disappointed and he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to send you on a pilgrimage. And now I've completely lost my place because I've gone totally out of order. So he, he goes on this other pilgrimage and blah, blah, blah. But this time, so now, remember when he used to walk and stand in swamps? Mm-hmm. Now he's riding in first class cars. But he still stinks, right? Oh, probably, yes. Yeah. But you know what? Okay, so I looked up pictures of him. If you washed him and combed his beard, he would not be horrible looking. I've been wanting to look up pictures of him ever since I listened to the last podcast on the left. And I you, never did. You, I cannot believe you didn't. I didn't. He's just, he's got this like thing. And the people would report on this all the time. He would just look at you. And he would do this thing. We all know guys like that. We all know guys like that. They just look at you. Oh, yeah. I am picturing guys like that right now. Right now. And they just look at you. And they just have these, his eyes were green. I knew someone with gray eyes that could just... You could just, you stop. You just stop. They don't have to say anything. They don't ever no. have to say anything. And, and Rasputin knew this, and so he just didn't. He would just sit there. And these women would, women and men both, and not even in a sexual way, the men just, he just had this presence and this thing that just made you stop. There's a very rare person that has that. And the people that have that have so much power, and some of them don't know it, but the ones that do can be this yes and he just happened to be right place right time and just wrote it he didn't even like plan on it i don't think he set out when he was back in his early days thinking you know going on these pilgrims where he's barefoot standing in swamps i don't think he ever set out to say i want to be this powerful and he gets more powerful later i think he just was like i just want to do me and oh I'm hanging out with these people who think I'm awesome. And, oh, this is pretty comfortable. And then, oh, these people are paying attention to me. And I like this. And I want to keep this. So he just kind of kept doing his thing. But it kept building on itself. It did. And it kind of just got overwhelming and a juggernaut. And there's all sorts of crazy, crazy stories that I could just go on and on and on. The Royalsley Ristocrats loved him. And I'm trying to just, there's just no point in, in, I mean, I did all this. I wrote all, I mean, I listened to all this and I wrote all this, but it, there's just, it's just more of the same shit. Same shit, different day. He's just charismatic and wonderful. So like, as I already mentioned, I thought Rasputin was stupid and boring and I didn't care about him until I listened to the last podcast on the left. Yes. And that's why I was like, you have to listen to this. So Which he, happened to coincide with our topic of Russian, Russian bear. bear. And so... Okay, was, so I'm going to just totally skip ahead. But he um, he's just trying to stay up. And all of these other events are happening because you've got this completely unstable world at that time. And there's all of these, like, people are, like, okay, people tried to kill him. There's multiple plots to try and kill him and get him away. And he keeps escaping these plots. Look this up, because there's just too much to, like, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you know what I wish is, so you read the series by Ken Follett, like, the Century series. Yes! I keep going back to that and wish that they would have done more on Russia in terms of this era, because they did a great treatment of World (sighs) War 
Ken Follett did a great treatment of World, World War One. This era is fascinating, and it was just this comedy of errors and this just compounded events upon events that were just tragically wrong. There was a whole discussion in the last po- in, in the podcast, the last podcast on the left, where they were talking about okay, what if? What if, what if you still have Alexi who is not fit or Nicholas who is not fit to be a ruler and Alexis who, Nicholas went to bed and, and had a vision during a prayer that God wanted him as the autocrat and the supreme ruler of Russia who was put there by God to give up his rule and go and lead the army during the war. So he did. Major country, major war. People don't like him. He goes off to play toy soldier. And he leaves in charge, not these fabulous advisors that have been placed there by the legislature of Russia. He leaves in charge his wife, who probably had like a fourth grade education. I don't know. I'm guessing. But she was A, a girl in the late 1800s and be a royal in the late 1800s so all she is there for is to breed boys why would you invest education in her and he leaves her in charge and her greatest advisor was rasputin which is exactly why i want to know more like i want to know more than there's ever been said which i can't know we're totally veering into history nerd territory but all of these people hated her all of these people hated him and they're in charge of shit and then pretty soon it gets to the point where when people leave okay so people are getting fired and are being killed so the prime minister at one point is fired rasputin convinces Alexis, who convinces Nicholas to hire this guy that he met in a hospital when he was stabbed in the stomach by a woman with no nose. Yes, he's stabbed in the stomach by a woman with no nose. You can't make that up. (laughs) You can't make this shit up. And in the hospital, he meets a guy who was in the hospital because he was in late stage syphilis. Okay. No penicillin. So syphilis is not really the type of disease where you could just work through it. Right. So he's A, his brain. He's crazy because his brain is being eaten by disease. And do you know what the doctors prescribed him? Heroin? Close. Cocaine. Oh, that's better. (laughs) Yes. So More productive. Well, yes, because you can get shit done when you can't sleep. Yeah, more productive. If you're on heroin, you're just going to go to sleep. But on cocaine, you're like, whoa. So he was like, I am on the sugar right now because I don't eat sugar. And that was a lot. That was a lot. He is in charge. Uh, He is the prime. No, he's not the prime minister. He's either the prime minister or the secretary. No, he's not the prime minister. He is the secretary of the, he's the minister of the something, which is basically like the interior guy. He's the head of the police. He's the top cop. Top cop. He's a syphilitic cokehead. Uh, and he's the top cop. He's literally walking around the streets, raving and talking to himself. Thanks, Rasputin. Yes, but the the qualification for being put in office while Nicholas is at war and Alexi, Alexis is in charge is, how do you feel about Rasputin? They're at war. Why are they letting this crazy peasant monk person? And you wonder why the Romanovs ended there. Oh, my God. So there's... Uh, 
It's just crazy. I'm putting my notebook away and I'm just going to talk because it's it just gets insane. It gets crazy here, people. She put her <laughs> notebook away. <laughs> because I just love this topic and it's so passionate. There's there's miles and miles of pages of them trying to catch him. He goes to a nightclub and he gets he gets in trouble and he gets sent away and he goes to a nightclub and he starts grabbing waitresses and they forgive him anyway. Like he's literally grabbing waitresses' boobies. And they, oh, Rasputin, come on back home. Just stupid, stupid, stupid shit. It's like Tony Soprano stuff. Yes, but at the same time, he is curing her baby. That's all that matters when you come down to it. That's it. That's it. Nothing else makes a difference. Like I said, like you being a mother, I guarantee you, you would do anything for the person that would heal your child but the fatal mistake that they made is they didn't tell anybody that he was curing their baby this this is not just their baby this is the russian baby which is the heir apparent he is the guy that is going to continue the shit i understand keeping it quiet but at the same time it was their flaw because if they would have said this our son has a disease and this person is healing them they would have been thrown out on their ear. So they were really kind of screwed to begin with. They would have been thrown out on their ear if they told, and they were being questioned as to why they were allowing this crazy man around because they didn't. And that is the whole curse of the royalty inbreeding itself. One of these days, I want to do a podcast on the guy who thought he was a glass piano or swallowed a glass piano or something along the lines of a glass piano. We're going to have to look for a cocktail about a piano. Yes, because I need to do that story. If you know one, email us. Okay. So, Rasputin. He's, nobody wants him around except Alexis. And Alexi, because he's keeping him alive. So, there was a guy, and I need to look this up because I've got to find his name. So, he is, da 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 He is the cousin. So, Rasputin eventually has a dream, and he has a dream, and he tells, oh, okay, this is gross. Alexis is so, he, she is, to go back to the Jim's Joan, Jim Jones reference, she has drank the Kool-Aid so hardcore that she is sending Nicholas, who is leading the army at the front of the war, like artifacts from Rasputin. She is sending him a comb and says, comb it through your hair. She is sending him crusts of Rasputin's bread saying, eat these and you will have the knowledge to know what to do. I mean, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy shit. So, um, oh, Rasputin predicted the death of the prime minister prior to the syphilitic cokehead. Um, so she's sending him these artifacts and one of the things that along with these artifacts Rasputin sends Nicholas a letter that says I cannot find it but it says if your relatives kill me your entire family will be dead within two years by your people which so again predictive coincidence super observational Which was it? We don't know. Right. But during this time where Nicholas is away and Alexis is in charge, they, it's 18 months. They go through four prime ministers, five ministers of the interior, and four ministers of agriculture. It's Russia. They're an agricultural economy. That's a lot of people. And one of the requirements was, how do you feel about Rasputin? And now here's a whole other comedy of errors. Prince Felix, gonna kill him. He decides, okay, 
here's what we're going to do. I'm going to become his best friend. We already, we hate each other, but I'm going to become his best friend. Then we're going to invite him to a party. Y'all are going to stay upstairs. I'm, we're going to poison him. And then once he's killed, we will take his body and we will go sink it in the river. It will be carried out to sea. We will dress up a homeless dude to look like him and send him to his house. You know what that reminds me of? Is your child's plot to kill Don Lothario on Sims. <laughs> We're going to trap him in a pool and starve him to death? Yes. They wanted to do that on The Sims to someone else. I, I mean, I'm sort just of to get their house, though. I'm sort of frightened that I have, I have <laughs> child murders. Um, but yeah, so we're, we'll ha- they went to the movies, but we'll have to play Sims when they get back. So they want to sink him in the river, wash his body out to sea, and then just send a... Build a wall around him, take away the ladder, <laughs> and then we get his house. <laughs> I'm going to pee my pants. Okay. <laughs> I have to get through this fucking story. So, um... They're going to try and fool everybody that he just disappeared. So they, this prince kid goes to Rasputin and says, he's going to pretend to be his best friend. Oh, let's hang out, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, oh, Rasputin, I have back trouble. Can you help my back? So Rasputin gets him and he starts rubbing his back and praying. And he does this for hours. So the prince is thinking, holy shit, maybe this guy's the real thing. Maybe he buys his own, you know, buys his own PR and he's like really a guy because his back starts to feel better. So, but no, no, we're going to follow through with the plan. I'm taking off my glasses because I'm excited. We're going to follow through with the plan and we're just going to kill him. So he says, Rasputin, come to my palace, let's party. Okay. So he has prearranged with these other people to to be in the house to help him they produce they they make these rose cakes which were reportedly to be Rasputin's favorite and they lace them with cyanide and they lace the wine with cyanide Mm. Uh, after Rasputin gets killed or gets stabbed in the stomach with the 15 inch blade from the lady with no nose they take out so much of his intestine and he's in so much pain that he goes back to drinking so he had been sober for a while so it's like 1908 and he starts drinking again so he's he's got a pretty good tolerance and i mean you and i drink but at the time the man was reportedly drinking 12 bottles of wine a day uh that's about 11 more than we drink a day yes on a on a crazy night I have a bottle of wine in my refrigerator right now that I opened and had a glass out of. I mean, it was, so he's drinking 12 bottles a day. So he's got a really high tolerance. So they decide, okay, we got to poison this. We got to poison this. We got to poison this. So they start to poison, they poison all the stuff and then they invite him over and he comes in and he hears this crazy music playing upstairs and Prince Felix says, oh, that's just my wife. She's got friends upstairs and they're just playing. Well, it was his co-conspirators upstairs, and they're playing a record player, and they're playing Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> I remember this now. <laughs> so they're playing this this song, Yankee Doodle Dandy. That has got to be the worst music to die to if you were right? going to die. Right? Okay. Love you. Love our audience. You got to pause. You just got to pause. Got to pause. Okay, I'm back. And I feel much better now. <laughs> I'm less hyper-ish. So, he 
is like Rasputin, come in, blah, blah, Yankee Doodle Dandy's playing upstairs. And here, have some rose cakes. These are supposedly his favorite. Rasputin is like, no, thank you. But he drinks the wine. The wine is also laced with cyanide. Cyanide was a poison they used. I don't think I mentioned that in you my did. haste to have to pee. Yeah, you did. Um, so they, um, he's drinking the wine. And then after, you know, you get drunk, you want to eat. So he starts scarfing down the cakes because I have salt and vinegar potato chips. And I really want them right now, but they would sound. It's like the 1900s version Bad. of Taco Bell. Yes, yes. So he's scarfing down the cakes. He's pouring, drinking down the wine. But he's fine. He's complaining a little bit about how he has a, he, his throat. He can't swallow, da-da-da. Meanwhile, they're still playing upstairs. And so he's getting drunker. And why the hell is he dying? Fe- yeah, they're uh, like, Felix is on, getting frustrated. Yankee Doodle yeah. Danny's almost over. You haven't died. Felix, Felix thought that he was going to be the hero of the nation for killing this guy. I glossed over it, but there was plot after plot after plot. Nobody wanted him around. The ministers didn't want him around. The only person that wanted him around, the only people that wanted him around were Alexis and Nicholas. And Nicholas... There's no saying if he he wanted him to keep his wife happy, to keep his son alive. He just, but the two of them didn't tell anybody why they wanted him around. So nobody knew. So nobody knew. So people were, there was all kinds of hints that he was, and he was not helping his case. He was hinting that he was having sex with Alexis, which he wasn't. They they actually have proven that he wasn't, but he was hinting at it and, and people just thought he was gross but fast forward back to the room. So he's in the room. He's drinking. He's eating the cyanide stuff. And he's still alive. He notices in the corner of the room there's a guitar. So oh, he and says, he's going to play Freebird for everybody. <laughs> he may have. I don't know. He says, hey, Felix, play me a song. So Felix starts playing the guitar. And then Rasputin would sit in the corner and he'd be like nodding off. And so Felix would think, oh, he's dying. Yay. <laughs> so he would stop playing and look. And then Rasputin would go, oh, why'd you stop? Keep playing. <laughs> so this poor kid who, like, thinks he's going to be the hero of the world for killing is this the guy. Zero. Is so freaking frustrating. So he says, oh, my goodness, Rasputin, I got to go check on my wife. You hang out here. So he goes back upstairs while Rasputin's just eating and drinking shit. And he goes upstairs to the co-conspirators, which are his quote-unquote wife. And he says, hey, he's not dying. And they finally said, just take the fucking gun and shoot him. So they give him a gun. He goes downstairs and he's like all chicken shit and blah, 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 blah. And... Finally, Rasputin turns around and he starts looking at this beautiful crystal crucifix. And and at that point, Felix raises his gun and he goes, bang! And he shoots him in the gun. So Rasputin, like, keels over. Oh, I'm shot. Oh, and he's tossing <laughs> around. Blah, 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 blah. And Felix panics again. So Rasputin is tossing and turning and moaning and groaning downstairs and he goes upstairs and tells his friend what do i do what do i do what do I do?" so they go back downstairs and they're like just shoot him again well i mean obvious ofs right so by this point he's he's out of the house and he's running across the courtyard and he's running across the courtyard which is his mo i'm gonna tell alexis i'm gonna tell nicholas 
Because he did that all the time. Anytime anybody did something to him, he's like, I'm going to go tell the Tsar and Tsarina. <laughs> I'm telling mom. <laughs> so he's running across the snow-covered like entryway of this fabulous palace, yelling that he's going to go tell the Tsar and Tsarina. So somebody finally takes the gun away from Felix, who's a chicken shit, and shoots him and shoots him in the back. He goes down. So they go up to him, and they put a bullet right between his eyes. Finally, Rasputin is, I say air quotes, dead. So they um, they take him back in the house and they send his lookalike to his house. They dress up this servant to look like him and they send him back to Rasputin's apartment. So now they're hanging out in the house and they're like, all right, we got to chill out. We got to wait. So they wait until it's like dark or whatever they wait until a certain time and they wrap Rasputin up in the rug and they cover him in the curtain and they put him in the car and they drive to the bridge and they throw him over the bridge oh shit we forgot to put the chains on him he's not (laughs) sinking he's He's floating (laughs) their whole plot was to make it look like Rasputin just disappeared because they sent the look like home so that Felix can just say, well, he left he my went, house. He went home last night. Yeah, and then he just took off. They even throw his galoshes after him, and one of them lands on the bank of the water. That's terrible. Oh, so, so bad. So there's all... Rasputin is dead. He's dead. There's all sorts of crazy rumors and theories. I One of them that I heard that I perpetuated to my students was that he was actually found crawling out of the river, that he didn't die from the multiple gunshot wounds to his torso and the gunshot wound to his head, but the what actually killed him was the Russian cold. Well, that theory was sort of disproved. Dis- disproven when there was no water in his lungs there's a theory as to why the cyanide couldn't kill him because cyanide works with your stomach acid and after his surgery after the stabbing from the no-nos woman he didn't have enough intestines and stomach left to produce stomach acid so that's why that didn't work other than closing his throat that's handy yes but anyway so he is actually dead and they find him and they do an autopsy. This is the crazy part though. So they do this autopsy and even though he drank 12 bottles of wine a night, the coroner at the time estimated that he probably would have lived into his 80s. His daughter gave an interview in 1974. Which was practically when I was born. Right? No, that is, that's two years after I was born. His Rasputin's daughter was alive during my lifetime. I mean, that just seems insane. It seems insane until you hear children talking about 90s music as being oldies. Or the fact that, you know, I'm cool and old. Yes. <laughs> but the... It just, it just absolutely blows me away. The last podcast on the left where I got all of this information and like skipped half of it goes into this whole thing of what if Rasputin were, were not there? And I, I, read, I read part of this history book because it got boring even for me about what if certain things had happened. And there's a whole like the entire 20th century as we know it was based off of 
the events of World War One and the Bolshevik Revolution and the communists, which is why I brought threat. up that Ken Follett series, that trilogy, the yes, Century trilogy, which is amazing because there's so many what ifs. But okay, so could Alexi and Nick, Alexis and Nicholas come out of World War One? Okay. Could Alexi have lived to adulthood? Could they have allowed a girl to rule? Based on what I hear now and from the last podcast and the left episodes, if they would have put a little more emphasis on explaining their decisions, it's possible. Oh, easily, easily. But if 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 he had not been there, there's just all these crazy, crazy things. And like down to Vietnam. Okay. You know that stretches far well yes but vietnam was was dealing with the the russians and the french yes. fighting over the territory and my father i didn't mean it was a stretch i mean it's no like, it's just into our yes like our existence my personal life would be different if vietnam were different correct i mean there's many many things down to, you know my my father has a whatever you want to believe illness that stretches from agent orange conspiracy nuts whatever i don't know but possibly that there were second generation repercussions from that chemical that i have experienced whether they're true or not true i don't know but my personal life could have been different had this man not been given the latitude that he was given you were directly like affected by Rasputin. I know, which is insane to a big old history nerd. And I'm literally bouncing up and down. Yes. Because that just, in a weird, twisted, sicko way, makes me happy. Not happy that the experiences that happened to me happened to me, but happy that this fabulous historical figure and historical event had a direct correlation to my life, potentially, maybe, in a weird, weird way. And we got to discuss it over an actually fabulous cocktail. And we got to discuss it over an actually fabulous cocktail. Again, proving that we're not experts. We're just drunks. So what if people like this and they want to talk to us? They can contact us. There's How? a number of ways. Okay, what? So you can email us at crimeintimeotr at gmail.com. And we also would be happy to have your cocktail suggestions. Yes, please send us cocktail ideas. Um, you can talk to us on Facebook at Facebook at Crime and Time on the Rocks. We're on Instagram too. We're at Crime and Time, and Child Number One handles our Instagram it's for adorable. the most part. So. It's adorable. Um, and Twitter, we're at Crime and Time. So tweet at us, or you know, whatever you do. Whatever you do. Thank you for listening.